and welcome to Bigger and Blackmount as we worship together. We're not worshiping in the church this morning. Uh, the congregation are meeting in the hall for an all-age cafe-style church service, and we don't have the facilities to to record, video record there. So I'm bringing you the same message here online. It's Advent. It's the first Sunday in Advent. Advent, of course, is the season when we prepare for Christmas. Friday was Black Friday when people started shopping for Christmas. And here in Bigger, we had late night shopping on the high street and a craft fair in the Gillespie Center. Lots of children got to see Santa in uh, Santa's grotto in the back hall of the Gillespie Center. And some folks took advantage of our new nativity selfie booth that Lindsay and the rest of the team from Bigger and District Minshed constructed for us. Advent, however, is about much more than shopping and visiting Santa. It's about preparing our hearts for the coming of our Savior into the world. As part of our Advent journey and as part of our preparations for Christmas in church every year, we light the candles of the Advent wreath. A candle for love, a candle for hope, a candle for joy, and a candle for peace. So this morning we light the candle that represents love. And we think about the Virgin Mary who, along with Joseph, showed her love for Jesus. Let's pray together as we approach God in our service of worship. Lord God, thank you for this season of waiting. Thank you for this season when we look at all our longings and we consider your promise that all those longings will be fulfilled in Jesus, your Son, our Saviour. Lord God, make us mindful that you are here with us this morning as we meet together as your family. Where there is any brokenness, bring your healing. Where there is hurt, Lord, please bring your comfort. Where there is confusion or misunderstanding, bring clarity and direction. And we pray now together the family prayer of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 1. And it's the story of Mary visiting Elizabeth. It begins at verse 39. 
At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lapped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb lapped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, or Mary responded, And my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is God's word to us this morning. We all know Mary. If you're a woman, maybe you've had a chance to play Mary in a nativity drama sometime in your life. Every every year there seems to be an argument amongst the girls as to who is to play the Virgin Mary in the nativity play. You see, there can be many donkeys and many shepherds and, and even many sheep. There are three wise men, but there is only one Mary. Before the story that we're looking at this morning, uh, Mary is visited by an angel. And the angel tells her she's going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be someone special. This baby is going to be the savior of the world. The events in the passage that we just read happen after this, after the angel has come to visit Mary. You see, the angel told Mary not only was she going to have a baby, but that Elizabeth, her elderly cousin, was also going to have a miracle baby. Now, all babies are miracles, but these two babies were even more miraculous. Mary was going to have a baby even though she wasn't married and had never had sex with a man. And Elizabeth was going to have a baby even though she was beyond the age when women are physically able to have babies. Now the Bible doesn't tell us, but I think the reason that Mary goes to Elizabeth is because they have something special in common. 
Nobody but Elizabeth could understand the wonder and the joy that Mary was experiencing at this moment. And because she is experiencing the same wonder and the same joy at what God has done in and for her as well. And sure enough, when Mary calls at the door of Elizabeth's house and says, Woohoo! Is anyone home? Immediately, the Holy Spirit of God tells Elizabeth what has happened to her young cousin. Elizabeth turns around in the kitchen, from the kitchen sink, and she says, Mary, I know you're pregnant with Jesus, the Savior. The baby in my tummy started to dance when he heard you say, Ooh-hoo, at the door. And then the two of them, Mary and Elizabeth, in their joy at what God has done for them and through them, start to dance around the kitchen. And the baby John in Elizabeth's tummy dances too. And then Mary bursts into a heartfelt song. Now, I wonder if you've ever seen an instrument like this. It's called a can. And it comes from the northeast of Thailand, where I used to live. It sounds a bit like an organ or bagpipes. You can maybe have a shot of it later if you come and see me. It's an instrument that's used in traditional music by the Isan people. Here, I'll, I'll blow some notes for you. That's my attempt at Isan music. In the northeast of Thailand, they have a tradition of making up songs and singing them, just like Mary does here in our story. And they would often sing those songs in church when, when we lived there as part of the service. Usually these songs would start out sad, with long lingering notes that came from deep within the person singing. In this part of the song they would tell of the very difficult situations they were facing. These were true. Life was tough in all sorts of ways. People were poor. Communities and families were scattered. Health care was hard to come by. At this part of the song many folks in church would be in tears along with the singer and along with his or her sad situation. But then, but then the song would start to change. A steady beat would begin, and the singer would begin to sing of how God had broken through for him or her, making the sad situation into joy and hope. And the song would become a hymn of praise, and everyone would get up and dance the majestic dances of the Isan people moving their hands like this. What started sad would end in great joy. And I have that picture in mind when I read the story of Mary and Elizabeth here in Luke chapter 1. Life was hard for these two women for different reasons. Mary was a young woman in a culture that didn't think she had much value. 
and Elizabeth was also not valued by that same society because she never had a child, and both of them were part of a nation that was oppressed and downtrodden. But because of what God was doing through the birth of these two babies, these two women burst into joy and song, and they start to dance around Elizabeth's kitchen. I wonder how you feel about musical theater. Those of us who like it will be grieving the loss of Stephen Sondheim, one of the great composers of that type of drama. He passed away just yesterday. Christmas story is a bit like musical theater. People keep breaking out in song all over the place. The song, this song of Mary is just one of four songs in the first two chapters of Luke's gospel. Through the four weeks of Advent, we're going to explore one of those songs each Sunday. Each of these songs not only expresses the joy over what the events of that first Christmas meant to the singers and mean to us, but they also tell us something about the God who made these things happen. In Mary's song, we see three things about God, and they each begin with an M. And Mary's song teaches us that God is mindful, that he is mighty, and that he is merciful. First of all, in verse 48, Mary sings that God is mindful of the humble state or situation of his servant. I wonder if before meeting the angel, Mary might have thought that she was a nobody. I wonder if she thought that God had forgotten her. But if she ever thought that she was a nobody or that God had forgotten her, with what the angel and Elizabeth have told her, she now knows that these things aren't true. God has been thinking of her, and he thinks that she is something special. She has been chosen to be Jesus' mother, and God, through the birth of this baby, is going to change everything both for Mary and, indeed, for everyone who will trust in him in the future. That includes you and me. I wonder if you ever feel that you aren't good enough, that you can't draw well, or you aren't very good at school, or life doesn't seem to be going the way you planned. I wonder if you'll hear what Mary sings. She sings it for you, too. God is mindful of you. He remembers you. You are special to him. He has something unique for you that only you can do. The second M about God that Mary tells us is that God is mighty. In verse 49, she calls God the Mighty One. And then she goes on to tell of all the mighty things that God has done in the past and what he's going to do in the future, the mighty things he's going to do in the future, especially what he is going to do through Jesus, the baby in her own tummy. 
The, the important thing about this im, mighty, is that Mary believes that the things that God does are not just for her or even just for the people of God, but the mighty things that God does are for everyone. They're for everyone who will humbly put their trust in him. And that leads us to our last M, merciful. God is merciful. In verse 50, Mary says, God's mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Now, mercy means giving us what we don't deserve. God loves even his enemies and he holds out his hand to them. All they need do is take his hand, accept his forgiveness, and allow him to be their God. So, Mary recognized that God is mindful, mighty, and merciful. Even when Jesus was just a baby in her tummy, even before he was born. Although this picture of God as mindful, mighty, and merciful is clear to Mary at this point, it will become even clearer when Jesus grows up, when he shows God's love, when he dies on the cross and rises again on the third day. And that is what Christian people celebrate, not just at Christmas, but all year long. Let's celebrate together as we listen to this hymn, the hymn, Tell Out My Soul. Let's end our time together with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Loving God, our spirits do rejoice in all your gracious acts towards us. We rejoice most of all in the event which we so look forward to, the wonderful and precious gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, coming into the world. We give thanks for the willingness of Mary to believe that the impossible could and would happen. Help us to have faith like hers. Open our hearts and minds to believe that your promises can come to surprising fulfillment. Show us how we can best serve you with mercy and humility, empowering people to live lives of dignity and worth. As we look at our television screens and read accounts of people throughout the world who are being made powerless, because of the greed and the violence of others. Remind us of the great possibility of prayer to effect changes for good, to bring down powerful and to lift up the lowly, to fill, fill, to fill those who are hungry and to drive away those who profit by the weakness and the ignorance of others. We pray especially for the refugee situation that seems to be a, a permanent fixture of our modern world. Lord, come to the rescue of those in peril on both land and sea. 
inspire world leaders with solutions to the many causes of this situation and bring the day when everyone wherever they come from will have a place that they can call home be with all those today who feel that life holds no hope and we ask you to help them and each of us truly to believe that with you nothing is impossible this we pray in jesus name amen finally let's receive god's blessing brothers and sisters in this advent season and beyond may you sing with mary tell out my soul the mercy of the lord may that be the theme of your life may it shape the way you live and the way that you love and the blessing of god almighty father son and holy spirit rest and remain with us all evermore amen <laughs>